Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, November 17th. On this date in 1973, President Richard Nixon told managing editors of the Associated Press in Orlando, people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Less than a year later, he would resign from the presidency in the Watergate scandal. And for your trivia, on this date in 1968, NBC outraged football fans when it switched away from the final minutes of the New York Jets-Oakland Raiders game to begin airing a movie on schedule. The Raiders beat the Jets 43-32, to but the victory was a nail-biter that went down to the very last few minutes. What movie did they cut away to show? I'll tell you in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's check in on that Friday and that weekend forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Friday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Starting out with a few showers. Grab the umbrellas just in case this morning. There will be some clouds around. I think as the day wears on, we'll start to see a little bit more sunshine. Temperatures start out in the 60s, hop up into the 70s, mid-70s this afternoon. Improving weather today and great weather for the weekend. There may be a few clouds at times on Saturday. Not a big deal. Still plenty of sunshine at 76. Just slightly cooler. We'll start out on Sunday morning at 48, 71 by the afternoon with sunshine on Sunday. Next week, storm system brings a slight chance of rain Monday. Better rain chance Tuesday into early Wednesday. And then sunshine and chilly for Thanksgiving. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The team is heading up plans for the Union Pier, the project in downtown Charleston, to replace the cruise ship hub with multi-use space. The group says the community's interests will guide their designs. Our Molly McBride breaks down what's ahead for the nearly 65 acres on Charleston's Harbor. Planners, engineers, architects, and more make up the new Union Pier project team. The head of the design team, Fred Merrill, says the public's voice will guide their planning and that they're interested in elevating voices that haven't previously been heard. They plan to expand the public waterfront, integrate a coastal resilience plan, address the workforce housing gap, and more. Union Pier has been sort of fenced off. It's not a site that's been open to the public. So we think when people begin to walk on the site, see the site, engage with the site, they're going to think about it a little differently. But he says they'll need to balance the public's interests with creating a financially feasible plan. One idea he suggested to use open space creatively to create land value. Their goal is to create a plan that's approved by Charleston's Planning Commission and City Council before the South Carolina Ports Authority takes it to the marketplace to find an interested developer. They hope to have a final design concept by the end of spring 2024. Reporting in Charleston, I'm Molly McBride. Johns Island commuters say they are not sure how to feel about a new road connecting Maybank Highway to two other roads. Construction is still going on for the northern pitchfork to connecting Maybank to Fenwick Hall Alley and River Road. Some drivers say they are frustrated about daytime lane closures set for this morning, saying that they need to be done overnight. Charleston County officials say they only have a specific window of time and don't want to delay the project and prolong road congestion drivers have been getting stuck in. One resident says while she hopes the project will help, it's coming at the wrong time. I mean, I guess whatever can help on Johns Island, the traffic, I'm hoping it can help and it works, but I just wish they did something before all of this congested and people very, very unhappy. Lane closures for that road work will start this morning and go from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. You're encouraged to be careful while driving through the construction area.
Charleston City Council is proclaiming this Sunday the World Day of Remembrance for traffic accident victims as advocates continue to call for action. The county is the second deadliest in the state for traffic accidents this year and was the state's most dangerous for bicyclists and pedestrians from 2015 to 2019 with 287 deaths or serious injuries. In 2023, there have been 52 deaths from traffic accidents in the county, with 11 involving pedestrians. Advocates say declaring a day of remembrance is a good first step, and they hope to see more projects protecting vulnerable road users going forward. This morning, convicted killer Alec Murdoch will appear in a Beaufort County courtroom to discuss juror issues ahead of his upcoming financial crimes trial. Murdoch's legal team is worried he won't have an impartial jury due to the publicity of his murder trial. Because of this, Murdoch filed motion to change the venue of the trial. The attorney general's office saying it will not be discussed, but other topics could come up. Murdoch's trial for his more than 100 state financial charges is currently scheduled for November 27th. He's facing more than 100 state charges in that case. Any more hearings involving Murdoch's murder trial will be presided over by a new judge. Yesterday, the state Supreme Court announced Judge Clifton Newman is seeking to recuse himself from all post-trial motions related to those murder charges. It comes after Murdoch's legal team asked for a new judge to be assigned, arguing Newman should be barred from future cases because he has personal knowledge about the clerk of court's conduct. The state attorney general's office did not respond to comment on Newman's decision. FBI officials are cutting the ribbon and opening the door for a new field office in Columbia. Until now, the FBI's Columbia agents were spread across the city, but with the new office, everyone is under one roof. The 87,000-square-foot facility provides large office space for investigators, and it works to serve as a hub where local, state, and federal agencies can share information and resources. Officials say the office will allow for streamlined work, helping them keep the community safe. Ahead of Charleston's mayoral runoff election on Tuesday, the candidates are getting some new endorsements. Yesterday, Mount Pleasant and Hollywood mayors Will Haney and Chardell Murray endorsed incumbent mayor John Tecklenburg. Tecklenburg had already been endorsed by U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn and former mayoral opponent Clay Middleton. Tecklenburg's challenger, William Coxwell, also announced some new endorsements yesterday. He's now backed by State Representative Mark Smith, State Senator Larry Grooms, Berkeley County Sheriff Dwayne Lewis, and Berkeley County Councilman Josh Whitley. Former mayoral opponent Peter Shade is also endorsing Cogswell. Charleston's mayoral election isn't the only runoff, and officials say the community is showing up in large numbers for early voting in the races. The Charleston mayoral race, Charleston City Council District 9, and Folly Beach City Council race are all heading to runoffs. Charleston County officials say there were 1,600 early voters as of yesterday morning, and at the Daniel Island Library, 427 people voted early on Wednesday compared to 332 during the entire first week of early voting in the general election. The primary election in these races will, or the runoff election rather, in these races will be on set from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Today is the last day for early voting. The South Carolina Democratic Party says the state's February 3rd Democratic presidential primary will still be the first in the nation. That's despite some New Hampshire's coming 11 days after. SCDP chair Christelle Spain was succinct when speaking about what New Hampshire's newly announced primary date will mean for South Carolina's nothing. 
She says this is a contest about awarding delegates to win the party's nomination, which South Carolina will be the first to do. President Joe Biden will not appear on New Hampshire's primary ballot due to the state defying the DNC calendar. Spain says it's significant that South Carolina is still considered first in the nation this election. South Carolina being first is important to the Democratic Party because it's just the first time in history, in the history of our party, that black voters get to go first, southern voters get to go first, rural voters get to go first. We are less than 80 days out from South Carolina's Democratic primary. South Carolina Republicans, meanwhile, will hold their presidential primary February 24th. For the GOP's calendar, South Carolina retains its traditional spot as first in the South. Teacher at Holly Hill Academy in Orangeburg County is facing charges following allegations that she had intimate relations with a student. 27-year-old Reagan Anderson is charged with two counts of sexual battery with a student 16 or 17 years of age. The Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office says it was notified about the allegations last week. According to an incident report, Anderson allegedly sent nude pictures to the student's Snapchat. Anderson appeared in bond court yesterday and had to face the student's mother. She was granted a $2,500 bond and was ordered not to have contact with the family. She also has to be on GPS monitoring. An investigation is underway after a deputy had to be airlifted to a hospital following a shooting in the upstate. The Oconee County Sheriff's Department says deputies were conducting a highway traffic stop around noon yesterday when the driver drove off. The drivers chased after the car, and that's when shots were fired, hitting a deputy. The suspect continued to drive off, but was later found and taken into custody. The deputy had to undergo surgery for critical injuries. He's out, and doctors say the next day will be vital in his recovery. Teacher at Holly Hill Academy in Orangeburg County is facing charges following allegations that she had intimate relations with a student. 27-year-old Reagan Anderson is charged with two counts of sexual battery with a student 16 or 17 years of age. The Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office says it was notified about the allegations last week. According to an incident report, Anderson allegedly sent nude pictures to the student's Snapchat. Anderson appeared in bond court yesterday and had to face the student's mother. She was granted a $2,500 bond and was ordered not to have contact with the family. She also has to be on GPS monitoring. An investigation is underway after a deputy had to be airlifted to a hospital following a shooting in the upstate. The Oconee County Sheriff's Department says deputies were conducting a highway traffic stop around noon yesterday when the driver drove off. The drivers chased after the car, and that's when shots were fired, hitting a deputy. The suspect continued to drive off, but was later found and taken into custody. The deputy had to undergo surgery for critical injuries. He's out, and doctors say the next day will be vital in his recovery. But today marks the return of a Low Country annual fundraiser that's near and dear to a lot of hearts. Cops on the Coop is back, and officers from across the Low Country will be at many Chick-fil-A locations today from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., in an effort to raise funds for the South Carolina Special Olympics. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy joins us live from West Ashley and tells us more about expectations for this year's fundraiser as it's entering its 10th anniversary. Good morning to you, Destiny. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. This amazing cause is all about raising money for over 30,000 Special Olympic athletes. Several law enforcement partners will be at various Chick-fil-A locations throughout Berkeley, Charleston, and Dorchester counties, all coming together to raise money. Officers will be spread out throughout the drive-through parking lot 
and Chick-fil-A dining rooms, raising money and awareness for the Special Olympics. The Mount Pleasant Police Department is one of the departments taking part today. Mount Pleasant Lieutenant Donald Calories says since 2013, they raised over 200,000, and the goal this year is to raise 60,000. Chick-fil-A has been really good to let us come and use their facilities and the locations to, to fundraise. So we couldn't do it without them. We couldn't do it without the support of our community who comes out there to talk with us and make their donations. And all of these agencies coming together is how it all works. So we're really excited. We definitely think that we can do it. And we appreciate you and any of our news media, our social media, everybody who can share the word and get that message out is really important to us. And we're appreciative of it. For a $20 donation, you'll receive a Chick-fil-A gift card and a Special Olympic hat or T-shirt. However, they are accepting all donations anyone is willing to give. If you can't make it to a Chick-go-a today, you can reach out to your local law enforcement agency to donate. To find the full list of Chick-fil-A locations law enforcement will be located at, you can go to this web story at live5news.com. Reporting live in West Ashley, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. A great cause, Destiny. Thank you so much. Well, there are some food giveaways that are happening across the low country ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday, and they include a couple of taking place today. The North Charleston Police Department is hosting a day of Thanksgiving in the old Verizon parking lot near North Charleston City Hall. That'll be this morning from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Molina Healthcare will also hold a turkey and Thanksgiving meal giveaway. They'll hand out 400 turkeys and side dishes on a first-come, first-served basis. That'll be from 3 to 6 p.m. at Midland Park Community Ministries. You can find even more Thanksgiving and turkey giveaways leading up to the big day on our website, live5news.com. And some other holiday events are starting back up, including the Christmas Tree Festival at Boone Hall this Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. The event will hold plenty of holiday activities for you and your family. You can enjoy a holiday Ferris wheel, make some Christmas crafts and decorations, take fun pictures in a photo booth, fill up on some sweet holiday treats, and of course, Santa Claus is going to be there, so you can tell him what you're hoping to unwrap on Christmas morning. Shelby says she's on the nice list this year. I am on the nice <laughs> list this year. I'm very excited. I'm always on the nice list. And if you're looking for a Christmas tree, Boone Hall is giving away all festival or giving all festival attendees ten dollars off each tree. You can buy your tickets online for eight dollars or ten dollars at the gate. Every year, students at Charleston Southern University work to break their own record for the amount of gifts donated through Operation Christmas Child. Last night, students at the packing party attempted to reach their goal of 13,500 boxes. The shoebox size gifts are packed with items like stuffed animals, dolls, toy cars, soap, toothbrushes, clothing, Play-Doh, and school supplies. And they're all delivered to children ages 2 to 14 around the world. I see. I wonder if we'll see our own Alicia Wimberly there. School officials say the event means a lot to staff and students. This is the fifth year we've done the packing party and each year we've packed more and more and so we're so excited about the opportunity every year to improve what we're doing. The way that we see it is every box represents at least 10 people, 6 to 10 people and that little box goes around the world to impact not just one little child receiving a box but a whole family sharing their gifts that they give in other parts of the world and so it's a huge impact even though we may only have a few or may only pack a number of boxes the impact is continued to be exponential 
Organizers say the school has managed to pack more than 36,000 boxes in just the last four years. So amazing. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1968, NBC cut out of the Jets Raiders football game to show a movie. The movie was Heidi. That infamous football matchup became known as the Heidi game. Celebrating birthdays on this Friday, actress Lauren Hutton is 80, actor-director Danny DeVito is 79, and actress Daisy Fuentes is 57. Thank you for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.